Hi everyone, I'm that astrologer, Fairly Theta. Welcome to the first monthly community podcast. I am so excited to have you as part of my community and I'm looking forward to getting this conversation started. So make sure you comment below if you have any questions or just have some thoughts on everything we talk about today. Each month, I'm gonna be sitting down with different practitioners to talk all about spirituality, magic, astrology, and everything in between. This month, I'm speaking with David of Hella Intuitive about spiritual hygiene and how to ground if you've never grounded before. Let's talk a little bit about like your practice. Like how do you identify your practice? A kind of a hodgepodge of things. Okay. Um, I like to fall under the, the category of like alchemy only because it's kind of a general, but I would probably confidently um, say more so like more like on the side of like hoodoo okay. practitioner working and um, a lot of ancestral work. I feel like a lot of what I do is the backing of my ancestors. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of my healing work, energy work, candle work, spell work, all that stuff um, usually is rooted in those practices. Okay. So um, am I a hoodoo practitioner? Yes. Am I, am I a root worker? Yes. Am I an energy healer? Yes. Am I a witch? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that too. So it's weird because like I'm also science-based. Okay. Um, I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'll probably admit that. Um, so even a lot of the work that I do has a science behind it, um, which I find very um, comforting in a way mm -hmm. to know that there is actually scientific proof or method that proves that this and this and this works for this. So a lot of um, a lot of the work that I do is science-based in a way about dealing with certain properties of herbs for healing, mm -hmm. um, you know, different um, elements as like using fire or water or so forth. And to try to make that transformation, that change, and to create something else out of that transformation. You know, at the end of the day, what are you? Well, I'm an energy. I work with energy. That's it. Mm -hmm. Pale and simple, I work with energy. If I were to have a church, it'd be called this Church <laughs> of Spiritual Hygiene. That's great. Um, it is very important, and I'll, and I'll tell a story why. Um, so as a young, when I was younger, you know, dabbling in this and that and learning this and that, um, I didn't understand how much of an energetic lint roller that I was. And a lot of the heaviness and the chips on my shoulder that I carried, being an angry young man, confused, upset, and I couldn't discern whether it was my shit or if it was someone else's shit. And I didn't even know at that time that there could be other people. So I'm thinking it's all me. Like, what is wrong with me? I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. Um, it was until um, I had went to um, like a, a, my first ever medium uh, group reading party thingy. A friend of mine hosted this very young, talented uh, um, medium. And I uh, remember when I had walked through the door, and, and I don't even know who he was, I walked through the door, and he looked at me, he's like, oh, mm, mm. he's like, your grandmother? Oh God, shut up, sit down and shut up. We got something to tell you later. And I was like, well, damn, you know? And I was like, well, what did I do? I mean, did she, did, did she see what I Googled yesterday? Like, what, <laughs> like, you know, like, what's going on? You know, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, you know, so, um, so, at the time, I was going through um, a very, very nasty 
um, toxic relationship. Um, I was drained. I was drained, drained, drained beyond drained. I had gone to a reader um, who basically um, kind of just wanted to steal my light. And she had did a couple of things, and this was revealed later on in the reading, but she did a couple of things um, that basically just, she opened my USB port and she stuck her, her cord in and she was draining my energy. Um, more so, I guess, to feed her and whatever it is that she was working with. And I didn't know this. I just thought it was just being overworked, overtired, um, talking, you know, and, uh, with the toxic relationship. I also didn't believe, I don't say I didn't believe in, I did not actively cleanse. Mm -hmm. So I did not burn sage. I did not use Palo Santo. I didn't take spiritual baths, um, all of these things. And I literally felt like I was trudging through a vat of molasses. Everything was so heavy and so slow moving, but I was also angry, I was hurt, and it started to manifest physically. I started having stomach issues, headaches, migraines. So during the reading, um, my grandmother decided she wanted to make her, her guest appearance. First time I've ever heard from my grandmother knowingly through a medium, through a medium. And one of the first things that she told me was, why are you not cleaning yourself? Why are you so dirty? So now I'm automatically thinking, oh my God, shame. She's upset because I'm homosexual. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, oh geez. I mean, even in death, she came to accept me. And, and she, the medium's talking. He's like, no, shut up. It's not about that. <laughs> She's like, they already accepted. Like, that's good. They're like, it's like you're not being clean. And then I, the thought in my head, something my grandmother used to always say, because my grandmother's a very religious uh, woman, cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm -hmm. And he said it. And that dawned on me, I was like, oh, oh. And he was like, your grandmother is saying, when you get home, you need to get in the bath. You know, uh, don't even worry about herbs and spices and all this stuff. Just get in the bath and really pray and ask to be cleansed, all this stuff. And she's like, you're not practicing good hygiene. And that's why you have the headaches. That's why you're having the stomach issues. That's why you feel drained. That's why you walk around the chip on the shoulder. That's why you're angry, all these things, because you're not cleaning off what doesn't belong to you. And you're absorbing all of this energy, plus all of the work that I was doing at the time, the card readings, the candle work for people, the spell work, all this stuff. I had jars galore going everywhere. Just imagine all of this, your tendrils of energy and everything, and they're just like, just draining you. So when my grandmother speaks, I move because granny don't play. And I feel like um, that was like a wake up call to now you have to now practice spiritual hygiene. And it's very, very important. So I got into the, the, the ritual process of weekly, you know, doing a cleanse and then also um, monthly at the end of the month, doing a big cleanse to start the new month fresh. And I'm very, 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 very ritualistic about it. I have to do it. And I kid you not, I have never felt more like myself after I started practicing the spiritual hygiene. You've got to practice spiritual hygiene. It's very, very important. It's like, well, what is, what is spiritual hygiene? Spiritual hygiene is a method in a way that you get rid of residual energy um, that is on you on you physically, it, within your aura, um, chakras could be, you know, imbalanced or whatever, whatever that you need to do 
to do that. And there's so many different ways to do it that it doesn't have to be like my ritualistic, dramatic, you know, lighting 58 candles and flowers and fresh herbs and just making it pretty because my inner goddess wants to soak in a bathtub. But, you know, it's like, it, it could be as simple as literally just, you know, walking out into the field and putting your feet in the grass and imagining, you know, these roots springing from the bottom of your feet going into the earth and tapping into the earth's intelligence. Now, what is earth's intelligence? To me, earth's intelligence is stability and structure and firmness. Think about the old trees that have been standing for centuries. Their roots are so deeply rooted into the earth. Monsoons, hurricanes, tornadoes, and these trees are still standing. So I'm, I, to me, earth's intelligence is groundedness and that firm stability and, and a very strong spine, you know, because this is what holds us up. And um, as simple as, you know, here we go. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> Have a little Palo Santo spray, you know, in my pocket. I always keep something quick that I can spray. She's like, mmm, Palo Santo. Oh, wait, what was that? <laughs> um, you know, just quick like that, just to kind of clean the debris. Now, I was doing a little bit of energy work prior to coming here. So I definitely wanted to be as clean as possible and, and sever any energetic ties I may have had to whatever I was working prior to, to meeting you today. And um, to as elaborate as ritual baths and, and um, soaks and creating bath salts and, you know, there's something in your house definitely that you can use at any point, because yes. also another label I'll take is kitchen with probably, <laughs> um, that you could do for this, mm -hmm. you know, salt. Yeah. Everyone has salt in their home. Part of the beauty of a practice like hoodoo and kitchen witchery and all that, like, you have the things. And whatever works for you, the symbolic, you know, intention, marriage of, you know, your will and this thing, it's gonna, it's gonna be of benefit. But yeah, how, how did you kind of come into this? Where was your introduction to um, especially hoodoo? My grandmother on my father's side uh, was a witch doctor. Now, that wasn't the grandmother that came to me in, in a dream. The grandmother came to uh, no, I'm sorry, not to dream, in the mediumship. Um, that wasn't that grandmother because she's still alive. But she's a, she was a witch doctor. And um, she's a four foot, like nine. You know, uh, I want to say she might be 102 now. She's not practicing, uh, practicing now because she's older. But um, when I first met her when I was 16 and went down to Ecuador to find out who my family was, um, one of the things that I learned from her was about plant medicine. Now, her dialect of Spanish was completely unknown to me. It was more indigenous. And um, what I had learned primitively, primitively in high school or school, I was like him. That's like Spain Spanish. But my mom is deaf. And so sign language is kind of like a second nature to me. Okay. And eventually, she and I created like our own little like way of communicating more so through feeling and the eyes and like hand gestures and movements. Um, so when I first arrived, cause you know, I'd take a plane, a boat ride and like a 16 mile like hike to get to where she lived. It was a remote village, I had no electricity, no running water. Um, and you know, here I am arriving, like, first of all, I'm hot as shit, <laughs> um, out of breath, you know, and uh, I, I, I walk into this like little village and this little gray haired lady comes and she piddles out and she looks at me and she just, takes me, takes me into like a little hut area. Uh, it wasn't her home, it was like her little practitioner hut. Made a salve and put it, I remember she had the pestle, she was going away, put it on my temples and she gave me a tea and I fell asleep. 
I woke up the next morning, yakking my brains out, and my uncle was with me, and he was um, translating, and basically said that um, I kind of had a parasite and also a little bit of altitude sickness. So what she had given me was to help me throw up the parasites. And also um, the salve was to do something to balance something in my head and make me feel. And also it had like a very, um, almost like a minty kind of eucalyptus scent to it to help open my lungs, I guess, to help open me up to, to be able to breathe. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, and I mind you, I'm 16. I'm like, all right, I learned this in biology. Like, okay, let's, let's get this. And then she just takes me out and we're like going through like, like, imagine this is, we go a little greeny, we're picking this and picking that. And she's like, pointing to this, pointing to, so she'd pick this and say, so now I'm thinking chest, lungs, pick this, head, you know, pick this, you know, she's like pointing at different things. I'm like, okay. Now my uncle left. So I'm like, why aren't you here translating for me? But a week and a half with her, um, I learned so much. And one of the things that she told my uncle was like, he's going to be a healer. I honestly thought I was going to be a doctor. So I was like, I'm going to go to med school. And I started out my major as a pharmacy major. And I was like, because I figured, you know, six year program, PhD. And I also was very interested, not necessarily in treating the body, but how does medicine work? Yeah. Like, yeah. why does this particular pill, this particular compound, you know, lowers your blood pressure or relieves this or does this or how? So I was very interested in the science behind medicine. Mm -hmm. So even though I really consider what my grandmother on my dad's side to be more um, shamanistic in a way. Um, it wasn't until I got into my early 30s when I discovered hoodoo. Now, I used to think that hoodoo voodoo was the same thing. I didn't know. It's, you know Most people, honestly. You know. <laughs> and then I realized that you know a lot of the hoodoo a lot of the hoodoo work was a lot of the work that was done by the slaves to help cope with the times of what they needed to do to get through the slavery times, to move mountains, to get their people that were holding a slavery to suddenly disappear or choke on a chicken bone or something. You know, I mean, it was used to protect themselves and to make their lives easy. It was a magic that they tapped into that they had learned not necessarily from their from their forefathers because I want to say I could be wrong, but this is my interpretation of it. You know, back in Africa, it was more it wasn't hoodoo. It was their own personal traditional religion of where they dealt with the Orishas and all these things, and a lot of them worshipped animals and plants and all this stuff. But it was very community cohesive, basically all love and all about community. So as you, you know, break up the slave, you know, take the slaves and you bring them to the United States, you know, um, a lot of what they had learned or been passed down suddenly turned into, well, we only, we don't have all the stuff that we had in Africa. So now we have to create something that we have access to. And one of the things that you have access to, everyone has in their cupboard are spices, herbs, and, you know, and uh, the Bible. You know, Psalms itself is like a whole spell book, yeah. you know, and these are the things that slaves had at their resources to be able to use. So on my mother's side, um, I um, heard that there were a few, quote unquote, witches um, in, my, in that lineage of that family, which they, no one really talked about. And it's so funny because I'm learning now at, my, at 40 
how intuitive and how like psychically connected like my family is on my mother's side that they just don't talk about until like so it's almost like it's almost like we're like at Weight Watchers or something or like some kind of like AA something you know and like we talk about something that's like very taboo and we're not supposed to talk about it like for instance I'm just gonna use an example you know I ate a whole cheesecake yesterday and it's like you'll be like girl I ate the same thing yesterday <laughs> So it's almost like I had a dream and it came true. And it's like, me too. Do you have prophetic dreams? Yes, I have prophetic dreams. Why didn't you tell me? Because I thought you'd think I'd crazy. I was crazy. And I find out I got a whole damn side of psychics in my family. It's crazy. So then I started researching and looking into like where, um, where our plantations were and looking at the ancestry and figuring out like who were these people? Like, where did they stem from and what did they learn? And we were able to find, like, back um, on one of the censuses, um, one of our relatives who was just called Doc, short for doctor. And I was like, what slave would you call Doc? Like, that's a revered title that I wouldn't expect a slave owner to give somebody. Come to find out. He was a root worker. And he was, I guess, under the, did a lot of hoodoo work for the slave master. Keeping things going to prosper the business, keeping the things going for this fertility, you know, helping the, 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 the other slaves have bait. And you could see, like, it's so weird because, like, even, like, the children that fall under him, I don't really think they were all his children. I just think that he helped in the hand of fertility that they listed. Oh. It was very interesting. So when you start learning about this, then now I was like, what is hoodoo? So now I start, you know, I start researching it and I'm like, oh, in a way I was always doing it. Mm -hmm. I just never realized, you know, that I was actually doing it. So that's how I started getting into hoodoo and then really started studying the act of hoodoo, you know, the, it's, it, to me, I feel like it's like very intention-based. It's very prayerful. It's very um, pour your energy into it, but you don't have to keep holding it. Um, although there are certain spell jars that they say you got to shake every five days or whatever, but um, I really feel like it's more of a lot faith-based, and it's like set it and forget it. It's like you do this, and you expect your ancestors and the universe to like take care of it, and you don't go back to it till it's done. So uh, that's how I got into it. Um, so do I deal with a lot of roots and stuff? Yes. Not in the negative sense of like throwing a root on somebody or so forth, even though I have thrown people in jars <laughs> in my lifetime. I try to stay away from jars now, unless they're nice, sweet ones. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And there's so much to learn. And another thing about hoodoo, it's such a secret, it's almost like a secret society in a way, like voodoo. Um, and usually the resources that you find published are actually not real published hoodoo practitioners. Um, unfortunately, there are non-people uh, of color who are writing these hoodoo books and basically teaching, you know, I, I get the idea of the actual art of it mm -hmm. per se, um, but hoodoo really is like inherent ancestral um, wisdom and knowledge that, you know, there's stuff that I like find myself doing, where the fuck does this come from? Like, why am I like, I think a lot of hoodoo is ancestral beyond even just working with your ancestors. It also comes from a very unique place. And you might have three or four different practitioners that 
approach the same intention entirely differently. Right. Because your ancestral approach is going to be different than someone else's ancestral approach. And at the end of the day, you know, you're both working for the same intention. But it's very unique. And it's not something that's easily teachable outside of your family. I think that's why it's important for hoodoo practitioners who practice hoodoo to document and to write down what has been given to them. The team that I have behind me, I didn't really, I wasn't aware of how grand of an army that I have behind me. Now, you know, there are different roles in armies. There's the fighters, there's the communication people, there are the ones that cook, they're the ones that are healers, they're the ones that, uh, you know, uh, clean the, they're, they have still different roles and they literally all have different roles. And I never really understood or really understood like just how many people I had behind me until I did a shamanic journey uh, one time and, you know, they took us to a journey and it was like, all right, when you get to like this village and you see like a teepee, the first three people that come out of teepees are like your, 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 like your ride or die spirit guides. Like they're with you. So of course my grandmother walks through, the one that told me I need to be, you know, clean as sex of godliness. Um, and then um, her mother comes through, which I've never, never thought my great grandmother would like was around. And then my other great grandmother came through and they're standing there and I'm like, wow, there's like three like power, to me in my head, these represent three powerful women, but in their own right. And then my grandmother goes, look beyond. And I just saw, it's almost like the Game of Thrones, like when the Dothraki, like the army, it's like, you see like people on the horse, you see people with like spears over there, you see people with shields over there, you see Native American people over there, you just see, and I'm just like, what? And they're like, yes, that is your family. They are behind you and we're here to support you. And I was like, holy shit. Everything I feel like in that practice is faith-based. Not faith, it's like church-based, but faith that whatever it is that you're looking to transform, whatever you're looking to move, bring in, bring out of your life is going to be done no matter what. Mm -hmm. You put the work in um, and it's gonna be done. And it's like, that's it. And I think that also, you know, you need to have a tremendous amount of faith in yourself for that kind of, you know, belief in your work to be done as well. I didn't have that yeah. for a very long time. Very closeted, you know, practitioner and, uh, you know, and also afraid of the word power. I've had so many readings from, I mean, you name it, tarot, medium, you know, uh, you name it. So many people, the first thing they say is, wow, you're very powerful. I don't like that word because there was a point in my life that I thought I had all the power. And I was this little, you know, badass little, you know, little budding witch that I thought, oh, it's me. I can do whatever I want to do. I didn't have to answer to no one. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't expressing gratitude for the power that had been given to me to be able to help. And I was using my power for like the wrong stuff. So what happened was, you know, uh, Spirit was like, all right, we're going to teach you a lesson. And they cut me off. Now, for me, it's almost like losing my senses. My intuition is what guides me. I, I like to say that I'm very third eye crown on up. Well, I actually have that bad. I'm actually very heart based. But from third eye crown on up, it's like I'm constantly like do 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 do, like I'm satellite dish. So like, you're, oh, you're very Pisces, Pisces yes, too. Yeah. Yes, very Pisces. <laughs> um, so my uh, I'm a Pisces, Cancer rising. So I'm just all sorts of you know connectedness there, you know. 
And um, so here I am, you know, in a satellite dish, boop, 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 you know, and always receiving messages and stuff like that. So I always felt like I could cheat at life or get ahead because I had like a, a, a knowing or whatever. So here I am abusing my gifts and stuff. And spirit was like, that's it. We cut you off. I didn't have a single dream, no inkling of intuition. I had to learn how to be human all over again. And at that point I tried, and the, uh, ooh, I'm glad I said this. That's <laughs> what got me into hoodoo because I started obsessively researching herbs to like break through this block that I had. All of these, you know, spells and jars and, 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 and tincture, all these things I'm creating, trying to create a dream or trying to reawaken my intuition. And I was obsessed with it. I mean, to the point where I was just like drinking mugwort tea. I'm, you know, like, and not tripping at all. Like not having any like. <laughs> I've, I've had some mistaken, uh, mistaken identity herbs <laughs> turned out to be mugwort, not good nights, but you know. Yeah, like everything. <laughs> I'm talking like shoving a star anise up my behind, like, trying to like, you know, facilitate and cut me off. And then it's funny cause like um, what happened was before I got cut off, I used to have this recurring dream where I'd be walking down these uh, spiraling staircase and there was a door. And behind the door, I felt like was the answers to everything to the world, like all of the secrets of the universe that I, I wanted to get in there. Why? Because I wanted the power. Not because I wanted the information to help people. I wanted the power. I wanted to be powerful because I didn't feel powerful. I felt small. I felt unseen. I felt unheard. And to me, that power was just like, oh, you know, I'm a badass motherfucking witch. I can do these things. And every time I there would be a three, three-headed dog, which I learned after the fact that it was Hecate. I didn't know that until actually like a year ago. I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. I just yeah. three-headed dog. And they always guarded this door, this door. So every time I go to the door, they like bark or something. And I get scared. I wake up. The next day, I dream and I start walking down that spiral staircase again. So you know how when dogs play bite you like they literally your hand can be in their mouth but they never chomp right. it's just like resting there so one time my arm was in their mouth they just looking at me didn't bite me but i got scared i woke up but each time i get closer and closer to the door so now i'm like all right so then i walk down the spiral staircase again and now i reach for the doorknob and they bite the shit out of me i woke up with a bite mark and like a scar that I have no idea where they came from. My arm was hurting. And after that, I couldn't dream for like eight months. I was cut off. Source was like, that's it. You're done. And it had to humble me in such a way that I really thought I, I couldn't survive. So that's when I started researching the herbs and making dreams, a uh, little dream tonics and putting things under my pillow and all these crystals and all these things and, and reading this scripture and, and all this and, and, and asking for this particular, uh, you know, DT and all this stuff. And that's when I started really like, you know, especially with the herbs, like trying to like induce some kind of like trans state, you know, uh, to the point where I even went with like psychedelics, and like freaking mushrooms and traveled nowhere, nowhere. It was almost to the point where I could have probably drank a whole bottle of like vodka and not have gotten drunk. Whew. It was like, and I was doing some reckless stuff, like trying to like, and I was like, okay, I guess I have to learn to be human again. So imagine going to work, trying to read my boss and I can't get anything. You know, imagine me, you know, trying to now manipulate a relationship I was in because now I can't feel anything. It just, it was very, very scary. Eventually, um, 
after a certain period of time, I'd say about eight or nine months, I finally had my first dream. It's like a little, and then finally my gifts started returning to me. And I understood that they were not here to make me feel powerful. They were here. We gave you this to help people. So then after that period of well, the dreaming stopped, I realized that, oh, I have a purpose here on this earth. Now, it still took me about six or seven years to really fully come into that, that, uh, that acceptance of the gift and the power that comes with it. But I'm no longer afraid to say power mm -hmm. because it's not mine. It's just loaned to me. It's like I took a book out the library. It's loaned to me you know, to use to help facilitate whatever it is that spirit source, whatever it is looking to do to help someone heal or reinstill their faith in whatever it is that they need to reinstill. So that's that story. That's a lot. That's a deep, heavy, like, <laughs> That's a lot. Shit. Yeah. During those eight months of what I couldn't dream, I had to go inward. Mm -hmm. And I was forced to do shadow work that I guess the universe knew at that time I had to do it. And I discovered some ugly truths to myself that I, to this day, may have a little shame around it still, but I know who I am and I, I don't let that define me. But again, I said, I always felt like I was unseen. I always felt like I was unheard. You know, uh, even as many good grades that I got, I still felt like no one recognized it. No one actually said, hey, Dave, you're doing a good job. And, you know, and it hurt growing up, you know, and uh, those, types of things really became problematic for me. And I was actually not the nice, you know, it's so funny because you think like, oh, he's so sweet. I wasn't always the sweetest person in the world. You know, I was very manipulative. I was very, um, see what I could get out of people just because I just figured, oh, let me just flex my power and see what I can do. And uh, now I realize, and I think we all go through that little dark phase of our life. Uh, you know, and then I realize now that, you know, sometimes you have to go through those shadows. Because now when I talk to people and they're having dark moments or they're experiencing this or they feel unseen or unheard, I can now empathize with them. I know what it feels like. And then through that, through conversation, I'm shedding light now, because the light that I have now onto those shadowy parts of yourself, illuminating that and helping you deal with that and to alchemize that pain and that trauma into something that could make you stronger to today. Mm -hmm. So, if And it takes a lot to get to the point where you can be honest with yourself, you know? Like, I think that, I, I think you're exactly right. Everyone kind of has these experiences and there's something to be said for the commonality there as well. Um, but it's also really easy to get lost in the fact, thinking that you're the only person that's ever dealt with this. Some kind of dark stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I, um, have an issue sometimes with um, the Instagrammer, you know, love and light people and all that stuff. I feel like, you know, a lot of us can talk to talk. Mm -hmm. I could sit here and shoot Reiki beams out my ass all day long. <laughs> but if I'm not practicing what I'm preaching, then everything that I'm saying is pretty much moot. And I feel like a lot of people have to really come to terms with a lot of the stuff that they need to metabolize, which is a lot of pain. It's like your back. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think the word that I tend to gravitate to is integrate. Yes, perfect because word. It's, yeah, you, you find that thing and it's because it's not where it belongs. Like it's not, it's still yours. You still own this thing, but you need to put it in the right place or everything else gets A lot wrong. of us don't want to open that 
Pandora's box. A lot mm -hmm. of us want to keep that in a jar as it continues to build pressure mm -hmm. and more pressure and more pressure. And it gets to the point that, you know, it now affects your day-to-day -day life, but you're still around here preaching one love and Ricky bombs, you mm -hmm. know, I just, so I feel like it's very important to number one, to be truthful with yourself um, and to, to bring it back to the whole spiritual hygiene. When you're starting to go through those dark cobweb corners of your life inside yourself, a lot of stuff is going to come to surface. It's almost like a detox. When you do a skin detox or, you know, either a detox that you're drinking juices, you're going to excrete it out. Um, if you are doing, uh, you know, a skin detox, something, everything's going to come out of your pores, you know, so it's important to clean that, mm -hmm. uh, clean that off you. So it's important to also practice good spiritual hygiene when you're going through this shadow work or when you're, you're dealing with these dark parts of yourself that it's hard to, to deal with. Because again, cleanliness next to guileliness. So now as you're starting to now unearth, because some of this stuff is buried deep, unearth these things, um, you have to stay clean and, and vibrate at a higher frequency. I like this idea of shadow work as like a spiritual detox yes. because I think a lot of people get frightened when they start that process looking at it and you're exactly right when you unearth this stuff comes up that you're maybe not even necessarily aware of it's it's in there it's deep but you might not be conscious of it as it is and they go oh no I'm doing bad things to myself like I'm I'm focusing on the negative and I, I I'm manifesting these bad things and it's like let this play through. Like, this is bigger than you think it is. I had a dream that um, I was on a beach, sitting down the shoreline, and one of my little cousins was coming and playing around the water. I was like, be careful, be careful. Now, in the house was like people from my church, people from my family, my friends, and I was saying to myself, this is strange because I never would have, I would never mix crowds. I would never have them all under one roof because, true story, each person or each group got a side of me the other one didn't see. Mm -hmm. Did that make me fake? It makes you human. Maybe faux. <laughs> a little faux. But I'll tell you, but I'll tell you what the common denominator is and all that. But so now I'm in, in, you know, out there, whatever, and then my little cousin goes, look, look, look. And um, all of a sudden I start seeing these things floating back towards the surface, like to, to, to me. And um, I would assume, I, I guess I'm saying that the energetic uh, impression was um, Yimaya. Okay. And I remember um, years ago I'd gotten a reading and uh, the practitioner had said, you know, you really need to petition Yamaya to like take your shit, throw it out in the ocean and, and, and take it away and clean it. At the time, you know, I'd given Yamaya her, her watermelon with the molasses and, you know, pretty much had wrote all of the stuff I wanted to let go and threw it in the water and just took it away. And I'm eternally grateful for it. So all of a sudden I see these article of clothing coming back towards me, to, coming out, coming and I go, what is this? And, I, and I'm noticing it looked like objects that I had given away to to her, why are you giving it back to me? And the energetic impression that I got was, take a closer look. So I lift up out of the water and it's a stark white, clean garment. 
and everything out of the water was, I'm talking like bleached beyond OxyClean that you possibly could do. Like borax, everything, like it just, just completely clean. And, and she goes, I did what you asked. I took everything, I cleaned it. Now I'm returning it to you. Now you no longer have to be shameful and you don't have to carry the guilt anymore. Go in and spend time with people that you love. So that's why it mixed the, the, the crowds. You know, even though I grew up in the church, I don't really subscribe to organized religion, but I do have my church family. You know, the, the ones that I grew up with and my mom still goes to church. I'm still very respectful. I still help out in church when I can um, because I like, that's from my heart. Um, so I have my church people. I had my, I like to call my hey girl, hey friends. And I had coworkers and I had um, family. People I would never mix together because there was a part of me that I, that I, that I hid, that I was shamed about, either being gay or either being, uh, you know, um, all things esoteric, like all this stuff. And um, I went back in, I was like, oh wow, I feel free. Like I feel, I don't feel guilty, I don't feel shame, shameful anymore. So that was a Tuesday, that, followed, that Saturday, which was like three, four days later, my mother threw me a surprise 40th birthday party, totally caught me off guard. Oh. And under the same roof was my church friends, my church family, my personal family, my hey girl, hey friends, and my coworkers. Wow. And I took the blindfold off. I was like, this was my dream. And so as I'm like, you know, experiencing this party and all these people, it just, just overwhelming sense of love and gratitude. Um, and still trying to absorb everything. I'm like, holy shit, like, did this really happen? Um, people started making remarks. So they had like people that represented um, my mom and them were doing like different like remarks. So people were coming up. And the common theme from everyone's comments, from my hey girl, hey girl, hey friends, to my church family, to my family, and to my coworkers was, David is phenomenal. He helps me when I need this or help. He's so helpful. He's healed me. He's done all this stuff. And I sat there and I go, wait, so I really wasn't fake. And, and then I just sat there and I just, I remember getting up and making my remarks at the end and I said, hi, I'm David and I'm a healer. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you again to David for sitting down with me and sharing these stories. He's such an incredible storyteller. Make sure you're following him on Instagram at Hella Intuitive, H-E-L-L-A Intuitive, and look for all of the amazing things he's going to be coming out with. Just a reminder, you can follow me on Instagram at Fairly Theta, as well as astrology.locals.com for all of our community discussion. And my website, fairlytheta.com, has all the info you could possibly ever want to know. I'll see you again soon. Bye.